Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with a little bit of allergies this evening. Um, just one of those days, man. Some sometimes it just gets me. I don't know. I can't I can't blame cats. I can't blame jogging outside, although I did that uh yesterday. I don't know if it was my clothes um that were around cats somehow, but uh I'm dying. One of those days, man. I think it's just the change in temperature. It could be a lot of things, like a sleep stress. Yeast? I don't know. Uh, Keen on Things podcast, the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. It may change to Patricia if it can get me a comedy special or on a TV show. I'll take it. I will take it and fake it. Uh, All those things I criticize, I'll happily partake in. You know, I criticize uh, network news, network television. Yet I would be in it in a second. Um. Any of the big three news networks that I can't stand, I'm available, right? News, more like ruse, am I right, ladies? Tonight's nightly ruse brought to you by... So much of it is uh, the platform in which it's presented, you know, this news. The nice talk show set reminds us of when we were younger and maybe a little more innocent or we thought everybody was innocent and the world was simpler. More stable time or what we thought was a stable time, you know. Appealing to what people already believe or want to believe uh, with that nostalgic talk show set and familiarity, right? Then you can deliver any news and it's done in the nice um, adapted way that we're raised on familiarity, right? You can can tell them anything. Uh, Fox, more conservative approach, MSNBC, CNN, trying to appeal to more contemporary feel, futuristic, hip. Um, They all borrow from each other in the end, fake argue. They fake argue on roided up issues um, that aren't necessarily issues. They don't go after the real stuff. And they live in the same neighborhoods. Okay. So they're fake angry to get you real angry. Uh, They're entertainers. And they're good at it. And uh, it's better than... That's why reality shows need to come because news became the entertainment. Um, Are times less stable now? 60s, 70s, early 80s? I don't know. Are they less stable? 60s, 70s, early 80s, presidents and candidates, world leaders, musicians, popes were getting shot. From 63 to 81, 1963 to 1981, three presidents are shot at. Okay. Kennedy, Ford, Reagan. Uh, One dies, one gets shot and lives, and then the other avoids getting shot. Uh 63 to 81 is also the time where the Raiders won more games than any other pro football team. Why is that in there? Orioles, Celtics, Montreal, Canadiens. Can the Raiders stay out of my podcast for this? Okay, 63 to 81, three presidents shot at, two presidents shot, one killed. Two candidates shot at, Kennedy, George Wallace. George Wallace put in a wheelchair, Alabama guy. Uh, Robert F. shot and killed. Um, George Wallace was shot in Virginia. What part of the body is that? Um, World leaders, the Pope... MLK, Malcolm X, shot. Pope and Reagan were shot within two months of each other back in spring of 81. That's insane. How did the country not lose its mind? Maybe it did. I don't know. But the spring of 1981, one was March, one was May. March, April, May. Um, maybe it did lose its mind. Both survived. Both men survived. I, re- I do remember the Indiana Hoosiers won the NCAA title with Isaiah Thomas in the Final Four, 
but it was downplayed that year. I remember 1981 being kind of a soft... I didn't get the coverage. I don't know if it was the day Reagan was shot or the day after, but I just remember wondering why the championship was such a kind of blip on the screen in history. And it's because it happened the same day as Reagan shot or whatever, right around there. Isaiah Thomas and the Indiana Hoosiers defeated UNC. I can't imagine they weren't underdogs. It's no small feat. UNC had Worthy. They had Dean Smith as the coach. I think Sam Perkins. Jordan was in high school still. He would have been a freshman in college the next year. So Isaiah was, I believe, two years ahead of Jordan. And Isaiah was a sophomore when he won it, like his buddy Magic. He wins after his sophomore year, like Magic Johnson, and then goes pro. And Isaiah did this under Bobby Knight. Isaiah was from big family in Chicago. I don't think they had money. He needed that pro contract to start paying, help helping out money-wise. Fascinating, right? What a fascinating podcast. All about the NBA now and college basketball. Um, the biggest thing I draw from those leaders getting shot. Ford got shot at twice. President Gerald Ford got shot at two assassination attempts in his life on, on his life, both in California. They were in San Francisco and Sacramento. That's where the two punchline comedy clubs are. Nothing to see here. Um, both women, both shooters were women. Uh, Ford was president for two years, from 74 to 76, just trying to mop up the Watergate mess and public disillusionment. And he gets shot at twice? Who's shooting at Ford? God, the guy's trying to bring homeostasis back to the country. Get some equilibrium going on, and we're shooting at him? WTF, you guys. Uh, I think that's where the third Dirty Harry movie got its plot from, um, because it's about that same time, 76-ish. Uh, it's called The Enforcer. It has Cagney and Lacey in it, or Cagney or Lacey, one of those two broads. Broads. Um, they had to deal, in that movie, they had to deal with a terrorist organization, and the closing scene was on Alcatraz. It was okay. It was an okay movie. It was fine. Uh, the first two are incredible. Dirty Harry and Magnum Force are amazing films. There were a total of five. Uh, as a kid, I saw the fourth one, Sudden Impact, in the movie theater with my dad, uncles, cousins. In Toledo, it was great. I, I remember, I remember going home like that afternoon after that. I'm like, how do we how do we spend the rest of our day? That was so good. Uh, does the movie hold up? I don't know. It was one of the like six he made with Sandra Bullock, and then they made the fifth Dirty Harry when I was in high school. Jim Carrey's in it. Liam Liam Neeson is in it uh, with a special set of skills. But uh, the first two were something special. Is, isn't this podcast fun? Keen on things. It should be called Keen of Consciousness. Where are we here time-wise? I'm dying. I am dying. Allergies. I've been sneezing all day. I bet I sneezed 50 times today. And it's exhausting for your body to keep up, you know, to keep sneezing and then to kind of fight it off and to, like, be on high alert the whole day. Um, anyway, okay. We have a lot to get to today. No, we don't. I'd love to be able to say that, but it's just not true. You know, when shows do that, show hosts are like, we have a lot to get through today, guys, so let's get started. Um, I'd love to be just like that. But instead, it's like, guys, we don't have much to get through today. Really going to have to drag this out. All right, we're already at minute. I mean, not already. We're at minute seven, and I'm done. I'm done. Um, two big games yesterday to decide who went to the Super Bowl. Man, I love those weeks. Super Bowl buildup. I could watch footage from ancient Super Bowls endlessly. And it's not just the games themselves. I mean, it's the history, but it's also the the times, what city it's in, uh, the clothing style, the fashion, all that stuff. 
some Super Bowls, not so much. Some are just that 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 Ravens Giants, and I think it was two thousand was just the most boring. Unless you're a Baltimore fan, it was probably great. Uh, but I just I love the prep. I love how characters come out and make plays who you never heard of, and then they're just in a big play in a Super Bowl. David Tyree just made that one play. I never heard of him, knew of him, saw him after, saw him before. Um, Max McGee from the first Super Bowl, maybe the first two on the Packers. Just so many classic characters. The Super Bowl is huge, but two games leading into that is, is even bigger, like the, the day of, the Sunday. I mean, you, you get to experience the two championships on the same day. And I'll tell you, the last two weekends, the four games from the divisionals last weekend and the two conference championships this past weekend, all decided by a field goal or less, just unreal. Um, these last two weekends. I love football, but I love the pageantry of football. Roman gladiator type stuff, the uniform you know, the, I think because the uniform hides so much of their faces and who they are, and it just, I don't know, it kind of cools them up a little bit. Like, we get firsthand view of some basketball players, and it's like, yikes. Uh, which, and I would be that way, too. They'd be like, oh, God, put a helmet on that guy. Uh, baseball players, hats, you know, whatever. Uh, give you more of a visual access, baseball and, and basketball. But hockey and, and, and football, they're covered up. I think I love football as a fan more than my dad did. My dad coached it, so maybe he didn't love watching it as much as I did. He, he wasn't, he didn't, I mean, he went to games and he'd watch and he'd comment, but he wouldn't get hung up. I mean, sure, he lost it when the Lions missed a field goal in the 83 divisionals out in San Francisco. Uh, which is crazy because they would have won. They would have won that game and then gone to play the Redskins in '83, and beginning of '84. The first it was '83 New Year's Eve. The Redskins would have killed him, right? But still, you want your team to win. But he lost it. That was New Year's Eve night, 1983. I don't think there was a remote. I think he threw the whole television. I think he threw the whole thing. But he had a good time that night once he cleared it. But. I think it was Eddie Murray, the great Eddie Murray, I think, missed a field goal. They had come roaring back, the Lions did. Um, I'll tell you, once a team loses, they're out of the conversation so quick. We forget about their season so fast. Uh, I have something. Okay, why I thought the Niners had it, because the Niners had to go on the road. They had already beaten Dallas and Green Bay on the road, especially Green Bay in that cold weather. And them doing that, it's like, oh, okay, my God. Uh, they're going to beat the Rams, especially at a 10-point lead in the fourth. And going on the road to L.A. from San Francisco is nothing compared to going to Dallas and Green Bay. But uh, Rams came through. Why I thought KC had it. Uh, I thought they were hungry for that second title. They didn't want to go down to history as the one-title team. They just lost to Cincy a few weeks ago. Uh, they have a head coach, offense coordinator, and defense coordinator that could all be head coaches. Spagnola was for about three seasons with the Rams when they were in St. Louis. And it just looked, and they had it at home. They had a 21 to 3 lead, could have gone up 24 to 3. I don't know. They really, it's going to stick with them. Uh, I liked all four teams, which is fun. I liked the final two teams, which is fun. I don't really care who. Ah, I want the Rams. I want the Rams. Stafford's an ex Lion. LA's never won one with the Rams in their time in LA. Uh, this will be their, is it one? This will be their fifth Super Bowl as the Rams. Lost in 79, won in 99, um, lost in 2001. Is this right? 
and then lost uh, two or three years ago, 2018, I think. Uh, of all the four teams from yesterday, I suppose I don't uh, need, I didn't need to see SF win another, but um, I did like those teams as a kid. Not the same level of sophistication they had then, but uh, whatever. I like them, but I'm happy for the Rams, happy for Cincy. Ohio needs a Super Bowl victory. If it's not this year, hopefully the Bengals get it. I'm sure they will. Burrow will get one at some point, if not this year. Um, my God, Ohio is the is God's cradle of football, right? Can't Ohio is the, you know, that's the Hall of Fame. And uh, so many legends, so many greats in football coming out of uh, Ohio. Okay, fascinating. A lot of good QBs. Oh, okay. Yeah, this will be a nice lead into what I wanted to talk about in this episode. There's so many good young Q- QBs now, and um, in the playoffs, the, your colors really show. And what I wanted to talk about was the biggest difference you see with the great Tom Brady. I mean, even more so than a Mahomes, um, who's great too. But a lot the greats in any category take their time. That's today's topic. And it took me a long time to get to today's topic and also in life, and I'm still dealing with that. But uh, taking one's time. I realized this past week that I have a fear of that sometimes. I have a fear of taking my time because I want to rush. I want to fill it with clutter so that I can do a half-assed job. Um, Does that make sense? Just want to get through something. A lot of my life, man. Homework, you know. Sometimes comedy, you get a bit, a, a sketch, a joke, and it's like, let's just get this on stage because I'm sick of spending time with it. I'm sick of being present, right? In my life, I speculate too much, and then I rush sometimes where I shouldn't, right? You look for that excuse to get upset. Getting upset in traffic. In SoCal, well, that's understandable. But, you know, you wake up in plenty of time for something, then you dilly-dally, and then you're rushing, and you dilly-dally to the point that you're like, oh, now I have to rush. Now I can't get those other things done that I wanted to. Well, you had the time, but you sabotaged it. Uh, I think the greater fear is being in the moment. That's the greater fear. Let's get this joke on stage, even though it's not ready. Let's get this assignment into the teacher, even though I haven't spent a lot of time with it, but just to get something in, I'm running late. Just so something's turned in. Oh, look what I went and did. I was going to shop and cook and eat, but that got me. So instead, I messed around all day, wasted time, and now I have to go eat out, spend more money, eat and consume garbage food. Oh, no. Um, just, oh, it's this get over it. Get it over with mentality. Just get it over with mentality. I, I do a joke sometime material. That's why I have so many savers, you know. I have savers where I'm like, hey, folks, okay, I tell a joke, doesn't go well. Hey, guys, this comedy's going to start in a minute. Hey, folks, thinking about giving stand-up a try at some point. Well, this will be the last uh, show of my career. A new one is, uh, I love stand-up comedy so much. After a joke tanks, you just go, I love stand-up comedy so much that I would do it for free if I weren't already doing it for free. You know, stuff that, hey, folks, this is a good audience to get some uh, reading done. Hey, folks, it's weird to be able to hear the candles. You know, uh, hey, they say uh, when you do stand up, you know, act like nobody's watching. And boy, are we simulating that now. So they're great savers. You know, Um, I don't take my time on stage enough sometimes the way I'd like to. 
But I also don't want dead space. I want the audience laughing. I do not like the hangout that comics, younger comics do right now, or maybe a lot of... They do the hangout on stage. Hey, y'all, what's going on? We good? Get to it, man. Yeah, I don't know about my day, man. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing up here. Cool. You don't know what you're doing up there? Get off. Let's go. There's plenty of comics back here who do know. Uh, how's everybody doing? You know, that hangout. Which, once you're a big name, you can kind of do that. But let's get through, you know, the amateurishness. And uh, and then you get to then you get to relish. All right. But being able to dwell in the moment is what I'm talking about. Dennis Rodman used to be embarrassed about shooting free throws. He was so embarrassed. You'd see him rush through the shot. You'd see him rush through the whole free throw process because he wanted to get it over with. He was like, oh yeah, yeah. He didn't spend a lot, maybe he didn't spend a lot of time to practice. Maybe he did. But he was still embarrassed about shooting. He was a great wild man defense player. All that. But. Uh, but going to the free throw line, he was a little embarrassed, so he just would rush through it. Um, although he did go five for six in that final few minutes in the title game in '98, the Utah Jazz, which was crazy. He went to the foul line three times in like the final, let's say, four minutes, and he went five for six free throws, which I don't remember Rodman ever going to the free throw line, but whatever. And Isaiah Thomas, his former teammate was commenting on that game with uh, Bob Costas. And, and Isaiah said, he said, don't be surprised if Rodman hits all these. And he almost, he hit five of six. And they won the game. It was a tight game. They won close. That was when he, Michael, his last shot uh, against Byron Allen. Or Byron uh, something. Not Byron Allen. Christ. That guy. That's a whole nother story. Okay. People thought Isaiah was crazy for saying that, but Isaiah knew Rodman. He knew he would step up in that moment. Uh, but for the most part, Rodman on the reg was, was, would rush through. The idea of just wanting to get through something instead of dwelling in the moment. A Groundlings teacher I had, Julie Welsh, great teacher, great woman, great person, great actress, improviser, said when she went, she's a young lady, she goes to her first performance, her dad said to her, Right? She's going to her first performance. She's whatever, 18, 22, 25, whatever. And her dad said, uh, she's leaving. Good luck and uh, take your time. And she found that as a young person so interesting that he said that. Of all the things you say, good luck, break a leg, have fun, whatever, take your time. It's so specific. And it stayed with her. It stayed with her, enti- her entire life. It stayed with me. And I only had one class from her 15 years ago. But I always remembered that. I always... I always uh, remember that that's the tidbit that stayed with her, and she, she said it in class. I actually commented on a post of hers online where she talked about her father, and I brought his, his, that quote up, and she said, I can't believe you remember that. You know, and I was like, of course, very poignant. Take your time. Be comfortable with the process. I know I've rushed jokes to the stage. Um, I've also waited too long to get them on stage. Or I've rushed footage, you know, you shoot a sketch, you edit it, that's ah, ready, go, just get it up, just get it up. I don't want to spend some time with it um, just to get something submitted. Asking a girl to a prom or a dance, uh, just why can't I just ask her? Dwell, dwell, savor it. You know, a writing sample that you're sending to a show. Uh, you know, I did, the, I did three and a half of the five things they asked. Just send it in, send it in. The greats take their time. 
the greats take their time. Athletes, directors, coaches, teachers, heads of companies, uh, pilots, I would think. We're going in again. I don't even know. What, I don't know. We're, going, we're taking our time. We're not going to shoot. We're not going to land this thing just yet uh, in crisis situations. Sitting in the pocket. Who can you sit in the pocket with? That's a weird question. This is the weirdest podcast. All right. Who can you sit in the pocket with where it's not, you're not just trying to avoid? You know, I've rushed through conversations. I've rushed through workouts. What are we in a hurry for? The party's going to be there, right? The party's going to continue. Everyone's going to be there. Wait, drive around one more time, get that parking spot. Um, now, there is also a time when it's like, screw it. We don't have time. Let's go. Let's go. Don't overthink. Just go. But that's different. If you have the time, take the time. Sometimes you don't have the time, so you've got to improvise, adapt, overcome, all that stuff. Um, There's a great story, man, where John Madden has the Raiders. and The Raiders are now coming up twice in every podcast I do, 70s, 70s Raiders, which I don't think Madden of the 80s, I don't think he would have loved the Raiders of the 70s. He was more of a... NFC East guy in the 80s. He liked those teams, them and the Bears and, and the Niners. So, but he liked, I don't think he liked all the recklessness. He liked, he was kind of a more conservative guy, I think. Anyway, when he coached in the 70s, there's a great story. It's their last practice before the Super Bowl and the day before. And they just started practice and they're playing the Super Bowl the next day. And a few minutes in, he's like, oh, what the hell? We're ready. Let's go. See you tomorrow. And he called off practice. He's just like, let's go. I'll see you guys tomorrow at the game. Like, he just knew they were so ready. And let's not waste it or lose it. I mean, that is so cool. You want to see their test scores? Oh, what the hell for? You know? Spies like us. This this podcast makes more Raider references than a Raider podcast does. Um, so I think I've had that. I think I've had that uh, that fear of... <laughs> Um, taking my time, you know. It's just taking a step back. I think a lot of people have had that, right, to some extent. Um, in addition, or maybe this is just called a bad mood. Sometimes I feel like I'm addicted to getting angry, like getting in a in a in a negative space. I, I think it's a uh, default. Anybody ever do that? Raise show of hands. Uh, look at this. Uh, and then you're, you're, it's like, here's, okay, cool. My excuse to go to my default, which is a bad mood and judgmental. Um, recognizing it, that's good that I'm doing that. But acting on it is another thing. But I see it in people sometimes. As you get older, you see, you see that um, it's easy and a lazy way out. Uh, and you don't want to be that person, right? Hopefully, you don't want to be that person. Take a step back. Work on self-improvement. It's a really good thing. Um, Something I didn't know people did as they got into their late 40s. Um, Is that self-improvement. I just was like, what? No, by that time, you're locked. You're locked and loaded. You, You have all the answers. I mean, freaking A, man. I'm 49. When I was at 49, was so old. And now I, I see people post like, oh, man, I'm 34. And like just and I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? You're so young still. Or I'm just, I missed everything. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. But you keep growing all the way, all the way to the point that there is no finish line. It's a great line in parenthood. Jason Robards tells Steve Martin there is no finish line because he's like in the twilight of his life, grandfather of many, father of four, and he's still trying to work on the youngest boy who's like in his 20s. Timothy something from uh, Amadeus Mozart, great actor. And he's like, this this doesn't end, this parenting thing. Um, okay. So, okay, for some, the difference, taking a step back, improving all the way till you die. Some people have that easier because they were exposed to it. They were exposed to healthy parents. They were exposed to a healthy way of living. Yeah, but some kids you see that have great, great parents that go awry, astray rather. Um, and then some people just survive no matter what circumstances uh, have been thrown at them. But uh, but it, I would I think that it's easier for well-adjusted, well-raised people to stay that way the whole course of their lives. But for others, it's unfamiliar because they never saw it acted out. And so, uh, I don't know, they never realize that they're in control. So those are the two things I'm working on now, right? Trying to stay in the mom, uh, be more present, and then also trying not to resort to being upset just because that's a familiar, comfortable escape, comfortable default place. Uh, I read something years ago. Where are we? Okay, we're at, we've got a couple minutes left here. I read something years ago that stuck with me. Detachment is the ultimate sedative. Detachment is the ultimate sedative. Taking yourself out of the game in whatever way just makes you feel better and not have to feel at all, not, not have to worry. And there's good and bad there, right? Sometimes it's just survival. Um, I, I think that's part of why I avoided emotional investments in my own life. Early age, right? You see an older brother, the pain and struggle of a young family in their 20s with an ambitious father who was not going to be slowed down or denied and seeing some of the shrapnel that took place, right? Jumping around from city to city, state to state, living all over the country, no support group to help you. Uh, it would have been one thing if we stayed near family, but we left when we were young, youngins. And other than the three years in the early 80s, in the middle of that run, uh, we were on the run from Johnny Law for most of our lives. So to see the price tag within the home, because on the outside you don't see it, but within the home uh, of what had to be paid for that to all happen, I just checked out. Checked out from relationships. I never had a girlfriend. I never trusted happiness. I never did what I want. I just kind of went along. You know, a great thing I saw this week was, uh, hey, are you easygoing or do you just not know boundaries? And a little bit of both. But, yeah, I just I never allowed I never had boundaries. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, have, have at me. What do you want to do? What's next, you know? Uh, a girlfriend meant possible marriage, right? That meant possible kids. That led to working harder. That led to possibility of having more special needs kids of my own. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I remember thinking, let's just get this Danny situation taken care of, and we can live the rest of our lives, and I'm not going to add to this burden. Um, okay. And this is all speculation, right? And maybe excuses. And I'm just thinking out loud, which is what this podcast should be called, Thinking Out Loud. How many ideas of what this podcast should be called have I said? It should be called anything but what it's called. But for me, it's cathartic. It feels good to let things out of my brain, which have been in there for so long, 
and misunderstood for so long. To think what each of our minds are capable of, where they're capable of taking us, if we let them, if we let them. Okay. Uh, okay, that's all I got. Where are we? 28 minutes. Um, I want to read this ad for Script Pipeline, this company my buddy has, my two buddies, Chadwick Clough, Matt Misitich. Guys, it's a company called Script Pipeline. And what it is, it's a broker, right? It, it's, it's what I, had I known about this when I was teaching in Korea, I never would have come back to America to do stand-up and get my foot in the comedy world because I could have just written scripts anywhere in the world, TV show ideas anywhere in the world, and sent them into this company who is in touch with agencies and studios and management and deal, deal makers. Um, they, they get deals put into development all the time. Some make them to camera, some get shelved, but what you know what? Everybody gets paid and advanced and moved on. And there's script pipeline, they're a broker, right? They take your 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 script, your movie idea, your show idea, and they're doing it in other um, areas of art too. And they get it in the right hands of people that can make it and and uh, you break through that way. You can be a writer in Australia, you can be in the Czech Republic, right? You can be in Tanzania. Um and they do it. You could be on a Native American reservation, Oklahoma. Script Pipeline discovers, develops, and promotes film and TV writers, helping them get repped and connect with industry. This is invaluable. If you live around the world and just want to worry about the product that you're writing, and you're like, here, let, let the necessary evils, to, you know, the, the people that you don't, the undesirables, let them deal with it if it's a good product. But I'm not leaving Italy, you know? I'm not leaving Norway. I'm not leaving Shejido, South Korea. I'm writing this where, I, where my mind is free, and then they can take care of all the, the um, X's and O's, dot the I's and T's. Script Pipeline. Uh, they introduced their 2021 screenwriting winner to management at Bellevue, and the script later secured the number one spot on the blacklist. Don't know what that means. Last year's finalist was introed to reps and a month later sold his spec for seven figures. Happens all the time with these guys. Uh, they give you great coverage of your product. If you have a script and you want it read, I know that you can you give them money. They'll read it for you. give you excellent coverage. Uh, if they like it, if and when they like it, because you keep going back. Sometimes you don't need, they'll be like, dude, we like this so much. It doesn't need any coverage, so we're not going to charge you. And we'd like to take it out and shop it for you. Script Pipeline is now joined by Film Pipeline, Book Pipeline, and Pipeline Artists, a new platform to educate and inspire emerging creatives. That, that's a great line. Uh, I'm going to open the uh, subsequent episodes with this instead of closing. Um, I had forgotten to do it this this episode. But Script Pipeline, check them out. Uh, Chadwick Clough, Matt Mistich, those are good guys. I was in that town 20 years. I know what good guys aren't for sure. Uh, and those are two good guys on top of it. Um, scriptpipeline.com. Just like it sounds. There's a couple E's in there. Uh, okay. An ad, an ad at the end of the episode. That's great. And where are we? 31 minutes. Okay. I got to go. Jesus. I got to go. I got to get up really late tomorrow. Huh? That's another one of those crutches. Um, that's all I got. That's all I got. I, I know the title of these episodes don't always apply to the entire episode, but uh, life is one incongruent bastard. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. I hope that this brings you something. You know, I hope you get something out of it for sure. Uh, I, I get something out of it. 
So for you, ideally, it's entertaining, informative, therapeutic, absurd, who knows. Keen on Things podcast, keen of comedy. Thank you. I love you. I hope you love our time together. I hope you love yourself, or at least like yourself, or at least not hate yourself, right? That's the step. People always say, do you love yourself? Eh, it's strong. It's a strong word. Do you like yourself? Eh, it's still a little strong. Do you not hate yourself? I think I could get there. That's achievable. Let's do it together. Thank you.